Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to our Vita podcast, where we're going to help educate military veterans and their spouses on opportunities in Web3. Our plan is to host a series of industry leaders, many of whom are veterans or spouses themselves, so we can learn about their journey down the crypto rabbit hole while understanding opportunities for transitioning veterans into space. My name is Chris Perkins. I'm a combat Marine veteran who spent 15 years on Wall Street before transitioning into crypto myself. And before we begin, I wanted to thank our sponsor, Luca, who have dedicated their time and resources to make this podcast possible. Today for episode 16, we'll be speaking with combat veteran and CEO of Zen Ledger, Pat Larson. Zen Ledger is a blockchain SaaS company that delivers tax and accounting services to individual cryptocurrency traders and investors, accountants, and crypto hedge funds. Welcome, Patrick. Thanks for having me, Chris. Thanks, buddy. So uh, welcome. Uh, and this is uh, the Vita podcast. Where we try to educate transitioning veterans on, obviously, uh, opportunities in our space. There's nothing better than interviewing successful entrepreneurs. And uh, so we'd love to start by hearing about your background in the military. Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, so I grew up in Southern California. Uh, always wanted to be a pilot. So I got myself in the Air Force Academy and studied chemistry there. Um, had a slight red-green color vision problem, so I ended up uh, commissioning in the Navy and uh, being able to fly in the Navy. So I uh, became a helicopter pilot uh, doing search and rescue uh, combat medevac with two uh, combat tours uh, in the Middle East and floating around on uh, Marine ships from time to time. Uh, always wanted to get into business, so I got out, got my MBA at University of Chicago, and then worked in uh, finance and e-commerce and uh, kind of always wanted to be my own boss, so then ended up in startups. Awesome. So did I hear that right? You uh, you couldn't get commissioned in the Air Force, but the Navy took you. Is that how it works? No, I couldn't. I couldn't fly in the Air Force uh, with my chemistry degree. I could have been at like Wright-Patterson uh, working, doing science stuff. But that wasn't what I went to the Air Force Academy for. Well, glad the Navy took you, man. Uh, during your deployments, were there any particular events that really shaped your outlook going forward as, as an entrepreneur? Anything formative? Uh, I would say, you know, as a pilot, you're constantly taking on existential risk, like any training mission, anytime uh, you do stuff. So just kind of learning, like, how to plan ahead, what life and death, like, is and what it isn't. And so um, the emotional ups and downs of entrepreneurship are very real. Uh, but being able to take a breath, not react immediately, not freak out to an email or, uh, you don't like or a bad call and realize, like, hey, I'm just kind of like, I can just keep plugging along here. Um, I think it's been very important. So like risk management, grit, things of that sort. Yeah. And just putting things in proportion and perspective, yeah. right? Yeah. I think about that every day. Um, you know, your worst day in business is not, is never going to be like your worst <laughs> day in combat for sure. Uh, awesome. So, so you talked about your transition, you went to university of Chicago, you pursued the MBA route. Why did you go in that direction instead of going right into, into business? Um, did you use the GI Bill? Can, can you walk us through that transition? Yeah, this was around 2010. So there was a yellow ribbon program. Um, I kind of felt uh, that I wanted to get into some pretty like specialized finance, right? Like iBanking or something that would uh, take into account like, oh, I can learn a lot of stuff like finance, accounting, but I also have people skills. Uh, and I felt like I couldn't uh, jump directly into it. In retrospect, uh, maybe I should have skipped the MBA or uh, use the MBA to get into tech instead, but like, you know, uh, made the best of, of the path chosen and kind of like where I am. So it worked out in the end. But generally, I would say if you want to end up in entrepreneurship, uh, don't go the iBanking route. Right. Um, 
But I think an MBA is, is a good opportunity for a lot of folks like you, right? You, you come out of that with typically good education. Uh, you get time, right? You get time to think about what you want to do next. And you also come out of that with a pretty, pretty incredible network, typically. Um, did, it, did those things benefit you? Yeah. So I do not um, poo-poo MBAs in entrepreneurship because like, uh, you can take like a generalist entrepreneurist route in good MBA programs and you can learn to read about key. You can learn to think ahead. Um, it helps you when you're pitching because you're generally pitching to MBAs. Uh, so being able to speak their language uh, helps. And um, the, the network has been great. I do keep in touch with a couple of my entrepreneurship professors uh, and you just meet really smart, interesting people when you go to good programs. Um, and they can, they can help out making introductions to investors. Uh, some of them will probably end up entrepreneurs if you go an entrepreneurship track and just having a cohort of people that like, you know, you trust, they don't have an agenda, uh, is, is really important. Yeah. I feel the same when you get to do business with a fellow vet. Um, typically it's easier. All right. So, so you get the MBA and then you transition again now into the private sector. Uh, can you talk through that? Yeah, I mean, it was it was difficult for me in that I couldn't find a good groove where I was like, oh, like I'm going to be this great employee at this investment bank or an Amazon for years. It was just it was just never a good fit. Um, and I always I always like to do my own thing, uh, even as a helicopter pilot. Like I'm in charge. Like I take off, and now I'm in command until I come back. I have to answer for what I did, but I make my own decisions while I'm out there. Um, and, and that just seemed to be a, a bad fit with most of the corporate world. Um, I think that's more specific to me than to anything like military background. And so you transitioned into, can you tell us about your career before crypto? Yeah. So I went to work at a middle market iBank uh, called Lincoln International, uh, which had a bunch of U.S. Chicago uh, people there, which is really cool. Got to um, do very like senior associate type stuff as a junior associate. And then... Um, got poached out of there by uh, uh, a business school friend to join his tech startup. I uh, helped him with business development, which again, very generalist. Uh, and then um, ended up taking an offer at Amazon in 2015 and moving out to Seattle. And then um, uh, worked worked in kind of tech and e-commerce for a bit before uh, 2017, where I decided to try to uh, co-found uh, a fintech startup on my own. Got it. So you were, at what point had you gotten into crypto yet? Or did you find this fintech startup you know, previously to your trip down the rabbit hole, as we say. Yeah, I, I think crypto loomed much larger once I decided I was looking for a fintech startup idea, right? I, you know, like I paid attention a little to Bitcoin uh, in 2015, 2016, but in no way uh, was I uh, out there at Burning Man or, or convinced that this is the new world internet money. Um, but in 2017, I was looking for real, uh, problems to solve and uh, accounting in crypto is a very, very difficult problem to solve, but it's also like a very, like, I can just check hand calculations. It doesn't, it doesn't require people to believe in my token or a particular vision of the world. It just, um, you just have to believe that cryptocurrency and blockchain are useful and they'll continue to be used and that people need to like see their transactions and do proper accounting. And the government will care about regulation and taxation and monitoring of cryptocurrency. And those things are, all seem like very safe uh, bets to me. Yeah, I think it's a safe bet that um, the government's going to try to regulate and tax you know, <laughs> anything of value for sure. Um, so, so that startup that you founded, was that Zen Ledger? That was Zen Ledger. So it's kind of my, it was my first shot and uh, we're about um, five years into it now. We've raised about 30 million in capital over uh, five rounds and have about uh, 45 people now. 
It's amazing. And can you walk us through a little bit, unpack that and walk us through exactly what Zen Ledger does? Clearly, it does accounting tax. Can you tell us what mm-hmm. the problem that you're trying to solve and who are your clients? Yeah. So for most people, you can think of it as TurboTax for cryptocurrency. It's a place where you, you know, log into a browser and you connect all your trading history. So we'll bring in APIs or CSVs from centralized exchanges, or we'll bring in your wallet addresses from all your on-chain activity, NFTs, uh, DeFi, staking, mining. And we'll put that all in one coherent ledger for you. We'll allow you to uh, figure out what was like earned income versus capital gains, or right now capital losses and tax loss harvesting. We'll produce um, full tax forms for you, like a 1040 and also um, uh, your A949. So we work with your tax professional uh, as well, and we just help you get your taxes filed. We also work with several uh, VC um, uh, funds uh, in crypto and uh, with several blockchains who are investors. And so we do a little bit of corporate work and a little bit of audit work as well. Is most of the work retail or is it most of it institutional? It's it's mostly retail, so it's mostly kind of you know Intuit TurboTax uh, for crypto. Got it. So if, if uh, folks on the call want to become clients of Zen Ledger, how do they do that? Yeah, you just go to zenledger.io, uh, create an account for free, and then um, just start working with us. We have a ton of uh, customer uh, success people too that help because um, your trading history is generally very kludgy, and some of it's self custody. You kind of forget that you created a, a fourth Solana MetaMask wallet a year and a half ago. And uh, our software will tell you like, hey, there's some missing holes here. Um, and you can, uh, we're actually running a Veterans Day sale as well. So if you decide to purchase from us, uh, you can use a coupon code VETS20, V-E-T-S-2-0. And uh, we'll donate uh, proceeds to TAPS.org uh, for anyone who use that coupon code. So we've donated over $4,000 uh, over the last two years to TAPS.org, and it's an organization that helps uh, families of fallen service members. And so we know that's not what Veterans Day is really uh, for. That's Memorial Day. But still, we, we felt like that was a very good um, organization to support. It's a fantastic organization, and it's awesome that you're doing that. Uh, there are a couple other software providers out there, your competitors. How do you differentiate Zen Ledger? Besides, besides, of course, the awesome leadership, right? Yeah, I mean, so that that is an interesting thing is we do have like eight veterans in the company out of 45 people. It wasn't intentional. It, it just kind of ended up that way. But uh, we do we do get along. Um, I'd, I'd say one big thing is we just really try to focus on helping you out and making it work for you. So that that dedication to customer support, I was doing it for the first two years in the company and we've always made it uh, a key point because it is it, you're just doing forensic accounting on your own trading history uh, and you have to go back years and, and everything. So there's there's certain things that are just always very kludgy about it. Uh, but we, we try to have the largest breadth of any of our competitors as well. So if you go to our website and you click on, you know, uh, comparison, you'll just see that we support a lot more exchanges, wallets, and blockchains. And that means that you're going to get done faster and more accurately. And so that's kind of the race that we're trying to do is great customer service, very accurate numbers very quickly. So it's less stressful for you. You know, if you have a refund coming back to you, you can you know, get it coming back quickly. If you have gains, you can, um, you can plan your cash ahead because uh, some of these impacts, you know, you might be thinking about, hey, what size check am I going to have to write on October 15th, 2023, right? And so you're... Yeah, it's, it's always an adventure tax season if you're in crypto. So uh, luck, thank God people like you are out there um, helping solve for that, those crazy tax calculations that you have to do. So, so you hired eight veterans. What, why would you do something like that? So 
I guess a little bit of it was hiring in my own image. Those people I got along with, it, even if these people had not been veterans, their their business, you know, their work performance would have justified the hiring. Um, and I'm I'm assuming that their work performance was in part very good because of their their education and, and experience in the military. We have uh, I'm an Air Force Academy grad. Our COO uh, Greg Adams is is a West Point grad, uh, and our CFO Jonte Harrell is West Point grad as well. Um, and I wasn't looking for that, but, you know, they, they happen to be in, in crypto, in finance, in entrepreneurship and with a military background. So we just have a lot in common. So there's a lot of instant uh, trust there, but it it has to be backed out by 10, 20 years of performance as well. Yeah. You're you're missing the most important Academy. So hopefully we can do something about that in in the future. Yep, I will Um, try. Yeah. Thanks. But uh, the Coast Guard Academy, right? Is that what we're talking about? Exactly. Uh, but, but hey, thanks for uh, for walking the walk. And I think you're right. Like you didn't hire them because they're vets. You hired them because it was good for business. And uh, that's something mm-hmm. that I think a lot of people are starting to realize. All right. So clearly you're in the thick of it. You're looking at uh, some very complex challenges that face the Web3 industry. What excites you about Web3 going forward? I'd say it's incredibly resilient. That's one thing. Because, you know, in 2017, you're like, oh, this ICO bubble, it's probably going to kill crypto, right? Like it's way too scabby. <laughs> And then, um, and then uh, you continually meet really interesting, forward-thinking, uh, creative people in crypto. Like, so lots of people can go work for a big tech company or a big finance company, right? And you don't find them in crypto. You find people who continually opt out. They're very cool. They're very sharp. Um, and I really enjoy the conversations you have because people are trying to create something new. They're generally reacting against uh, some unfairness or injustice uh, of the established system as well, which is always good. So people um feel that they're the hero in their story and they're they're trying to do generally some obvious good things right like they're they're trying to let people trade easier they're trying to let people keep more of their remittance sending you know stable coin from the US to uh some other country and now western union and local money changers don't get that money the you know your your niece in in Nigeria or Argentina gets that money right like very very obviously good things are also happening in crypto um, which is which is really cool. So I, I just think it's a very exciting space. There's lots of uh, exciting, good problems to solve that that actually deliver like very tangible benefit. And so that's a cool place to be. Awesome. For transitioning veterans and spouses, what advice would you give them if they're trying to break into the space? So I would say, uh, you know, there's two routes, it, and this is weird because we're six months into a crypto winter and like a couple weeks or months into a macroeconomic whatever it might be, inflation, recession, still trying to decide, right? So if you're trying to break in here, try to build up real skills um, as much as you can so you can deliver real business benefit. If you are, if there are crypto companies that are more general, like say a Coinbase, where you can jump in in operations or customer success or marketing, you know, look for those things. You can always go kind of big to small. Uh, You can go the other way too, like say, so you know someone and uh, you can come in, he's, he's like, hey, you're a five-person startup, but I'll, I'll do everything you guys aren't doing. You need social media posts. You need someone to handle some like easy bookkeeping. You need someone to, you know, like handle the WeWork uh, contract. Like I'll, I'll just do everything else. I'll be a chief of staff catch-all because I make good decisions. I'm organized. I hustle. You can kind of go either way. It, again, it, it really depends on you, what you want to do in your skill set. If you want to be on the development side, again, that's hard skills. You can't just be like, hey, I'll hustle into Web3 development. Like you got to you got to take courses. You got to build some of your own stuff. You have to show the quality of your own work. Um, but there are there are no gatekeepers. That's another reason I pick 
uh, cryptocurrency. Like in 2017, if I try to get hired at Google or Facebook or Microsoft, I'd probably have a real tough time. Um, but I got to choose, like, if I could just pick good co-founders, recruit them, raise some capital, get an MVP out, get some customers, then I just get to keep like deciding on my own what my career looks like, which is what I would uh, encourage you to do. And I, I've been doing that since 2010 or something, right? So it was, it was seven years between when I decided to go get my MBA and where I co-founded uh, my own startup. Uh, so don't, don't think it's going to be like a really quick route, like commit to a 20, 30 year thing. It's still your career. You're still working from your 20s to your 50s, right? And it's super fun. Uh, totally agree with all that. And I think, like you said, networking is just so important. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of veterans, they, they don't even realize the network that they have. Hopefully we make it easier now uh, with, with like our discord as an example. So, so definitely reach out. And uh, generally when you reach out, people will respond in this space. All right, man. So, so you're building a company, you've got these eight veterans. Uh, are you hiring? And, and if so, what are you hiring for? Yeah. I mean, we're hiring pretty selectively now. Cause uh, again, like we're, we're in a, a spot of high uncertainty, just like everyone else. So we are looking for roles uh, with developers and, and customer success. So you can just go to our website, uh, zenledger.io or zenledger.breezy.hr, and you can see our open job postings. Awesome, man. Is there anything else you wanted to share with, with the audience today? Um, no, I, I think I agree with you that the veteran community is really helpful. It's, it's helpful in a bunch of different areas, not just Web3, uh, but you know finance, operations, all over the place. So... Just, just talk to people. You're, you're not alone in wanting to um, move in the private sector. That's, that's your route. You don't have to uh, end up at, at a government job or something very military adjacent uh, where you're still wearing tan boots uh, and driving a Humvee. Like you can, you can make a, a hard break from that and end up in the business world. Um, so I would, you know, uh, you know, Vita's great. Uh, we'll be posting a, a blog post um, at zenledger.io about. Uh, advice from cryptocurrency, you know, veterans and how, how you can transition over. Um, there's just a lot of resources. Uh, Bunker Labs is also very good. There, there's just any number of places. So if, if you, if you're just kind of hustle and learn, like you can absolutely break into web three and it's probably easier than breaking into, uh, you know, like web two or big tech. Yeah, I think that's right. And what's the best way for folks to connect with you, Pat? Yeah. So on Twitter, it's at Patrick Larson, P-A-T-R-I-C-K-L-A-R-S-E-N. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn and um, those are probably the easiest ways to get a hold of me. Awesome. And again, thanks for the work that you're doing with TAPS for Veterans Day. Um, like, like you said, um, if you want to sign up for Zen Ledger, uh, go to the website and the, uh, the code is, is VETS20. So uh, I got that right? Yep, you did. V-E-T-S-2-0. Thanks so much, Chris. Appreciate it. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks, Pat. Really appreciate you coming on. Right. And uh, also wanted to thank our sponsor, Luca. And also wanted to note that uh, we've got a special relationship with Bunker Labs and, and the Bunker Labs team has been fantastic. They've been providing all that back end support so we can accept donations as we try to build out Vita. And, and our goals with Vita, frankly, are to get um, folks to conferences. It's to also help ultimately hire somebody who can run the community. So we have a number of programs that we're trying to build, including in real life events. And so if you want to donate, you can go to the Bunker Labs website, click on Vita and, and donate to our program. So thanks for them. Thanks to them for uh, providing that support. And again, I also wanted to thank our sponsor, Luca, uh, for doing what you do. And, and we're deeply appreciative of your support. For those interested in learning more about Vita, please connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter. Please pick me on Twitter at PerkinsCR97. Thank you so much, everyone. See you next time.